Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for popping on today. And, and I'm just going to get right to it. Right to it. Because I, I, I set the internet on fire yesterday. And who better to sit beside me and help extinguish this? Hopefully, of course, knowing this guy, he might actually make it worse. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Schimmel. Jerry, thanks for popping on DeHuff Uncensored. You got it, man. You must be desperate for a guest today, but I appreciate it. I, I am desperate, and I figured who better to fill the gap than, than you. And so I, I kind of filled you in a little bit before we popped on here. Uh, so yesterday, I kind of upset the cycling community, which I didn't know was so crazy. And I, I say crazy in a good way. You guys are so passionate. And Jerry, can you explain to people why I decided – you're the best guy to talk cycling because can you fill people in on what you've done across America? I'm still trying to figure out why you have me on this podcast, Scott. So I don't know if I can answer that question. Or not. No, uh, yeah, I've been cycling for a long time, uh, not professionally, but uh, you know, locally in, in competitions and then doing a lot of um, cross country uh, rides for charity including race across America, which is in 2015. So um, it's, yeah, it's a crazy cycling race. Uh, solo racers have to finish in 12 days, 3000 miles. So at least 250 a day. And I had a partner back in 2015, we won the two person division. We did 400, I think we did 415 miles a day, just uh, rode 24 seven, but been doing this a long time. I've done three, two rides across the country, one race across the country. Um, circumvented Colorado four ways. I think I have the record on each one of those now. So uh, yeah, I'm one of those crazy cyclists that uh, probably uh, if I would have seen your tweet yesterday, I probably would have responded to it. Right. And so to kind of recap what that tweet was. So the, this guy cut me off. I'm on 120th going, I'm, I'm on Claude street going across 120th. Basically what happened is I had a green light and a guy riding his bike comes from uh, the West and he's on the sidewalk, which is a violation. And I didn't fully realize that until yesterday when I spoke to a police officer, but he comes in as I'm driving, he comes in off the, the sidewalk and then just all of a sudden swoops in right next to me and then cuts, then, then accelerates. They're very fast on the bicycle. <laughs> And he cuts right in front of me. Uh, I then honk my horn and say some naughty words. And then he turns around and says some naughty words back to me, which I get. But then he then he continues on to eastbound 120th. There are no bike lanes on that area of 120th. So the thing is, it scared the crap out of me because it's like, I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> and And I get that as a cyclist, you're kind of, you're in this weird position because there's not a lot of bike trails in that area. And there's a lot of dickhead drivers out there. And part of what caused the firestorm is I started the video by calling uh, uh, cyclist dickheads. So I apologize. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't start well, Jerry. Listen, I never said that I was a smart man. I just, <laughs> but listen, and then I corrected myself at the end of the video and said, listen, I, if you follow the rules and obey the laws, then scratch that. But if you're one of these people that is adding to the problem and you're driving recklessly, whether you're in a vehicle or on a bicycle, then you're a dickhead. And that's, it's, 
And you as a cyclist, you're going across the country. You're going in these, when you, when you do race across America, do you, do you stick to kind of the back roads? How do you do that? Yeah, there's actually a set course. You got to stay on the course the whole time. And it's usually, it's back roads, race across America, no interstates. There are some busy highways when you get out in the East. Um, but for the most part, it, there, there isn't a lot of traffic and they usually pick roads that have decent bike lanes in them, not necessarily bike lanes, but shoulders. Right. And that's the thing is for you guys as a cyclist, you're supposed to be off as far right as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, share the road thing that people were getting in a debate about yesterday on, on Twitter. And it's, it, it's not just for cyclists. It's not just for motorists. It's for anybody that's on the roadway, whether you're walking or whatever, you're supposed to be sharing the road and being cautious. Now in cyclist defense, uh, I, I understand the, the fear that you guys must run into when you have crazy drivers around you. You're yeah. trying to do what's right and hug the shoulder. But how many times have you had a close call with a driver because they're just being a jerk or they're just not paying attention? Because obviously attention is a huge problem yeah. with drivers. I don't think attention is really a problem with cyclists. It's the people in the motorized vehicles that tends to be a problem. Do you have any experiences where you're just like, whoa, that, what the heck is that guy doing? (laughs) Um, Dozens of them, maybe hundreds, Scott, seriously, over the years. And as a cyclist, you have to, you've heard this defensive driving term as a cyclist and you're on a busy street, you have to be that way or you're going to get in an accident. There's just no getting around it. So I always look at every single car that I see and say, that person doesn't see me. I see him, but I, but he doesn't see me. So I have to assume that. And that's probably saved a lot of accidents, may have saved my life a couple of times, to be really honest with you. And I always took this approach to Scott. And when you're on the road as a cyclist, the, the driver, the car always rules, always rules. You're never going to, you're never going to beat a car. Uh, on on your bicycle you're never going to win that battle so I always always I'm always really submissive and if there's any kind of danger any kind of trouble I back off and the first thing I do is try to stay off busy roads and sometimes you can't avoid that but um, that that's me safety is always first I will sacrifice speed and efficiency for safety every single time but it doesn't mean you're not going to encounter some guy with road rage and and has something against cyclists or just in general has road rage and, and that happens too so hasn't happened to me all that much more people not paying attention uh, than it is any kind of road rage. And I've tried to avoid that as best I could. So why do you think it's, it's weird to me because I hindsight, I was a little aggressive in my video. And part of me is just like, that's my media background of just like, this is going to, you know, this is going to get some views. Aha. (laughs) let's poke the bear but the problem is i didn't realize how aggressive the bear was in the cycling community yeah uh but that's fine but it did bring up a lot when you think about the idea of there is there's a lot of hatred between the two groups and and it starts with the hatred from the motorized vehicle community and i don't fully understand it i was talking to a guy last night there was one guy that actually had the decency to have an actual conversation with me instead of uh you know just 
uh, one guy, there were several people that were making fun of my goatee, which I was like, <laughs> okay, that's a thing. Okay. People making fun of my car. Uh, they called it an Altima. It's a Honda Accord. Get it right. <laughs> Very fuel efficient. Um, but there was one guy that actually took the time to have an actual debate and took it, took a step back from the situation. But what's interesting is there, there's a lot of people on the driver's side of things in the vehicles that they just for whatever reason, they have so much hatred towards the cycling community. And I don't fully understand it because to be honest, and I, I tried to say this numerous times yesterday is if you obey the law, I don't have a problem with it. If you're being cautious, I don't have a problem with it. It's the people and same thing with motorized vehicles and motorcycles, you know, whether it's cars or motorcycles or whatever, I have a problem with people that don't obey the law and they're, reckless driving but do you have any sense of why is it is it as simple as just i got a bigger vehicle than you and i don't like you i i don't have you ever encountered somebody that has ever actually given a good valid reason of why they have distaste for cyclists mm -hmm. uh no but i've kind of sensed a little bit of that um i, I think uh Number one, I think I think there are a lot of motorists out there, drivers that just think the road belongs to a car and cyclists shouldn't be on the road. That's what bike paths are for. Um, I've heard that from drivers before. Hey, get on the bike path. I, I've, I've heard that yelled at me a couple of times. Get on a bike path or find a sidewalk or something like that. Which sidewalks um, are illegal to drive on. Yeah, that, that's exactly. Right. I didn't. I didn't know that until you mentioned that this morning. So I'll stay. I didn't this. know either. Look, hey, Gary, uh, look at us. We're learning. Yeah, exactly. We're learning the law. This is great. Um, I, I think some other people um, have probably had experiences with cyclists. And I'll tell you this, Scott, there are some cyclists, and I know some of them, that think they rule the road, that cars need to cater to them. And that's just simply the wrong approach. In fact, I've got some cycling friends that I've ridden with, and they take that attitude, and they're you know cutting in front of cars and doing this crazy stuff and making cars go around them. It's like, no, no, that's not the way it works. So um, I, I have to defend drivers a lot as a cyclist. I really do. I mean, going down a shoulder of a road uh, with uh, side by side with a cyclist and making cars go around you is illegal. That's, that's not right either. You guys have to have balls of steel, especially on the mountain roads. So kind of take me through that. Like you as a cyclist, you've done so many amazing things. My, my, I've talked to you about this before. My, my wife's uncle is really big into cycling. You go over to his house for a holiday and you bring up cycling, get ready, strap in. Cause you're going to talk to him about it for about an hour or so. And he can just, he's like you, he can break it down very, very well and very articulate and it's nice. But when you go through a mountain, what does that do? We're kind of stepping away from the road rage conversation for a second, but what is, what does that do to your body? What do you, what is, what mental state do you have to get in? And like, how does that feel on your body as you're going through, if anybody's, any of you cyclists listening, any of you rode through Colorado, the elevation change has got to be insane mentally and physically. So what is that like for you? Yeah, I think it, uh, well, obviously it depends on whether you're going up or down, but uh, I always look at this and, and I've, I've done Lookout Mountain 
I know Scott a hundred times or more. And I, I take that as an example, going up from the golden side, you're just doing these switchbacks and you're, and you're just trying to keep a pace and you're going slow. So there's really, there's a lot less danger when you go slow, obviously. And there's a nice shoulder on that road. So going up, you're just trying to find a pace. You're trying to keep your heart rate at a certain uh, uh, set and uh, between in a certain zone. And when you get to top and you start going down the other side, that to me is always the payoff. All right. I worked really hard for an hour here to get up this mountain. Now I can get down in about 10, 15 minutes and it's a reward for me. But going down is really dangerous for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're going faster. So um, you can't control your bike as well. You know, go, you're going up the hill. You can easily stop going down the mountain. It's not, it's not easy at all to stop if you have to stop for, for some reason, animal crossing, whatever that might be. So it's a lot more dangerous going down. So what I'm thinking going down is, all right, I get payoff. I don't have to work real hard, but I got to be really, really careful because that's when the accidents happen. They don't happen going up the mountain very often. They do happen going down. So that's kind of my mentality is, hey, work hard to get up to the top and then on the way back, be real careful. Yeah. And it is crazy to think about, I guess I never really thought about it when you're going down a hill one, you got to be careful with your brakes, just like motorists have to up, up, up uh, around the tunnel on I-70. When you're yeah. going down, you got to be a lot of a lot of people that have transplanted out here from, say, California, and they go and start sharing the story of when they they go through, and they're like, "Yeah, our brakes caught on fire. I didn't know that was a thing." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I could only imagine you guys as a cyclist dealing with that type of thing, being careful with the brakes. Now, also, I just, just pure curiosity, when you're, say, doing one of those things, when's the last time you took a big ride, by the way? When's it, when, oh, it was probably a month or so ago. How far did you go? Oh, uh, 100 miles. Jesus. God. Due to the pandemic and me working at home, I don't know if I've driven 100 miles in like a year <laughs> total. Uh, that's fascinating. So, just again, pure curiosity. Do you have to like have a backpack full of like replacement parts and how does that work? Cause like if you're out in a, in a hundred mile run or ride, what do you do if something breaks? Yeah. Well, first of all, you always want to carry uh, a spare tube and a repair kit. So I always have that with me in case I get a flat. Um, and then uh, what I do is I usually take two water bottles. Uh, obviously when I get to the halfway point, you know, 50 miles or so, um, I can, I just fill those up, whether it's a gas station or some, you know, some other place you can slip into and, and, uh, fill up your water bottle. So a lot of times I just plan my rides around that. Like I live in Aurora now and I, I ride out to a deer trail. So I go East and at deer trail, there's a convenience store. So it's perfect. Cause I can stop. I, I drink my two bottles of water or my mix. And then when I get halfway there, I stop at the convenience store, fill them back up and I get enough to get home. So you just got to plan you know, plan ahead like anything else, like any other trip. Wow. That's interesting. And, and the, the question that people always bring up when it comes to riding, and you probably have an idea of where I'm going with this is when you're like in a, especially a competition, how do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> I, I know it sounds silly and juvenile, but it is a legitimate question. Like if you're making good pace and you're just like, Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta pee. Do you just go? I, I, uh, I feel bad asking it, but I, I feel it is a legitimate question. 
Yeah. When I did Race Across America, you know, we basically did an hour on, hour off with a partner. And uh, so we didn't want to stop, even even to go to the bathroom. So I'll confess there are a couple of times on RAM, Race Across America, where I just uh, kind of uh, stood up and, and pulled, pulled my shorts down and just peed right off the bike and kept going. <laughs> Could you imagine? I'm serious like, more than once. Um, and and I usually, you know, you got to pick a spot where it's desolate, where nobody's going to see you. Um, you warn your crew that's behind you if they're following you that you're going to do this. So, yeah, nobody wants the splashback. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you stop and you find a place to stop. So, uh, in, in Ram, you know, I got had to relieve myself big time a couple times. So I stopped and, um, they, the the crew were in the middle of the desert or somewhere. A crew puts a sheet up, and I and I relieve myself so nobody can see me. Right, that's that's interesting. I'm trying to teach my kids that like if we go on a road trip, it's okay to pull over on the side of the road. Yeah, and go. Yeah. But they yeah. get they get like so like no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm like it's fine. People are Somebody driving fast, <laughs> and it's fine. But then my son is just like, we go camping, then we come back home and he wants to pee on all the trees in the backyard. I'm like, you can't do that, dude. You can't. Don't. Uh, hey, so what have you been up to lately? I, I haven't seen you in forever. Are you, I, I want to say you're doing some play-by-play. What, do, what are you doing? What's going on? I am. Yeah, the University of Northern Colorado Bears. I'm doing their games on the radio. So is it just... Which which sport or is it multiple sports? Uh, foot, football and basketball. Oh, yeah. Nice. So so did the the football season with Ed McCaffrey, and uh, and and several other McCaffreys on the staff uh, right. and players. Um, we got in, the head coaches in McCaffrey, offensive coordinators at McCaffrey, and the quarterbacks in McCaffrey. So I always told the opposing uh, team announcer Scott that if you have, have you have a question about a name, just say McCaffrey, and you're probably going to get it right if you don't right. know the players. <laughs> So, no, I did football, and then um, the basketball team is 11 games in. Yeah, they're 6-5. and five. Play tonight, by the way, uh, on Wednesday night here at Arizona, which might be a lot of people saying maybe the best team in the country. They are absolutely loaded with talent. So that will be an interesting uh, uh, challenge for the guys tonight. That's good. I, I like that community up there in northern yeah. Colorado. It's just just – I don't know. They're just good people. There's good people everywhere in Colorado, but it's just like, I don't know, for whatever reason, everybody I know that's up in that area, they're just like, just nice people. Nice they people. No, I they're not cyclists. Out. You guys are all dicks. Let's be honest. <laughs> dickheads. You said dickheads, I thought. Not oh, dickheads. they're dickheads. Dickheads, yeah. Yeah, there's a difference, by the way, between the two. No, you're right. The, 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 whole, <laughs> the whole family in Greeley is great. You know, it's, it's been really refreshing to me because I did uh, pro sports for 30 years. I mean, I did the NBA for 20 and the Rockies for 10. And dealing with professional athletes is way different than dealing with these guys at UNC. They're all humble and cooperative and they just it's it's been really refreshing been a lot of fun i didn't realize you did rockies for 10 years yeah i I remember working with you when you did the nuggets you used to make fun of me uh and call me speak and spell (laughs) remember that oh yeah heck yeah man so i would i i would be talking to jerry would be at the arena and (laughs) i would be back at the radio station communicating to him that saying, Hey, we're coming back from a break. But especially back then I was just so nervous to talk to people. So I'd be like, Jerry, we're coming back in 10 seconds. (laughs) 
five seconds. Three, two, one, music or something like that. And you and Kaz would just be like, speak and spell. <laughs> As I said, the cow goes, moo. <laughs> like you guys are such, again, you're just validating my, my phrasing of calling uh, cyclists dickheads. <laughs> Here, See, here the, this is Scott DeHuff uh, on Speak and Spell. Cow. K-O-W. Cow. Uh, hey, hey. <laughs> Stop it. No, I'm just joking. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, it's funny. See, See and that's what... You're a good go sport, by the way, about all that. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of the people uh, that got tied into this, my DeHuff Uncensored world is, I'm, I'm fine with making fun of myself. It's not a big deal. I don't mind. And I think, I think it's more funny when you, when somebody tries to make fun of you and then you just go along with it. It's right. so diffusing. Like right. I, I remember doing that when I was in like elementary school for some reason, I was just like, I couldn't think of anything to come back with. So I was just like, yeah, that's right. Okay, <laughs> sure. I am an idiot. Good point. And then, I'm a Good point. Yeah. And I remember so many kids going, you're not, you can't do that. Stop doing that. I'm like, why? Who cares? And then I, when I started working with Scott Hastings, oh, he boy. apparently, uh, I remember him telling me a few times, he's just like, I, he's, I've never seen anybody do that before. He's all, that's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, it's just, it's just something that I started doing because I'm not creative. And that's just how it popped out. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for popping on. And, and, and to all the cycling community, again, I'm sorry for calling you dickheads, but really my, my distaste is for the people that don't obey the law. And yes, I do agree that there are plenty, probably more dickheads behind a wheel. And, and right. And it's just one of those things where we all just need to take a second take a breath and go, am I driving safe? Cause a lot of people just don't. And especially behind the wheel, uh, Jerry, uh, it, it's ridiculous. The amount of people I see that are distracted. And, yeah. and I got to be honest when cell phones really started kicking off and the more you text and the more data that's at your hand, I was one of those people that was constantly just multitasking behind the wheel and it's ridiculous and the fact that i didn't kill myself or somebody else is is a miracle but i see people constantly just they're 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 moving forward and they're literally not looking at the road and i'm looking over next to them and i'm like what the heck are they doing scott that's my biggest fear as a cyclist it really is i'm, I'm gonna obey all the laws and i'm gonna say, stay as safe as i can but i have no control over somebody looking at their phone veering off the road and taking me out i mean i just i i literally pray that i won't have that distracted driver come up behind me because i've got all kinds of stories with uh, fellow cyclists that that happened to them in fact i just had one on my show amazing americans uh uh world champion cyclist, uh, a distracted driver on her phone, took out her and her dad and they were in the hospital for months. So almost died, both of them. So yeah, I, I know what you're saying. The distracted driving thing with a cell phone is a serious, serious problem. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't see it getting any, any no. better. Now, now that being said, my brother lives in Australia and they're very strict on that. Yeah. And they don't even allow um, earbuds in, like you can't have like an earpiece in even if it's one, 
as far as um, if you're a driver. Mm. So if you're trying to do hands-free, it has to be through the vehicle itself. Mm. And they're very strict on that. And I remember calling my brother and he's like, dude, I just started the car. Let me, uh, he's like, I got to switch everything. He's like, I don't need a ticket. Mm. And, and cause they're very, uh, good about that. Whereas I feel like here in the United States, it's just, I don't know. It's just not there yet. And isn't hopefully there, it will be. Isn't there an app for your phone that if you're driving, you, you're unable to text? You, you can, I think you can set that up for you? your device. Okay. Or there may, maybe you are right. Maybe there is a, an app, but I know mine has a do not disturb. So yeah, when I, when I drive, I can, I don't ever do it, but I should, but put that on. And that way you, you get wherever you need to go safely. And it, the funny thing is, is the majority of the time I get a text, it's nothing that's like urgent. And if it's urgent, somebody's going to call me. Right. And that's where it's like, what are you guys doing? And, and I've seen it where I'm, I'm parked next to somebody at a stoplight and, and you can kind of see their phone and it's like, they're, they're on, they're, they're swiping. Yeah. So they're, they're on like Twitter, Instagram yeah. or Facebook or something like that. It's like, is that really that important? Yeah. Is it's going to take, take a law. It's going to take, take us to be forced to do that. Eventually there'll be enough accidents where a law be passed where you can't do that anymore. I'm afraid. And most people won't change their thought process on that unless they're in the mix of it. Right. They either take somebody's life or somebody that they're close with their, their life has changed forever. And sadly, that's just kind of the way we are with so many other things. It's like, we don't do anything until we're forced to. And then until the truth is just shoved in our face and you're like, oh shit. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. That was a bad idea. Who knew I've Jerry, I've seen people with bongs. It's Colorado. I've seen people smoking out of bongs on I-25 and that just blows my mind. It's like you guys, just how stupid. And I brought that up to somebody else and they're just like, yeah, I've seen that too. It's ridiculous. We're, we're just, okay, listen, okay. I'm starting to side a lot more with the cyclists. I feel <laughs> dirty, but it's true. You guys are, you're living in fear because there's so many morons out there. But that being said, you guys need to obey the laws too. Yeah. So don't go driving around idiots or don't go driving around like an idiot. So remove your stupidity from the equation. Now you only have to worry about the other guy. You don't add your stupidity to the equation and you should be fine. Hopefully fingers crossed. There's just, you never know. But Jerry, I truly appreciate you popping on. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I could have done without looking at your face though. I mean, that's. <laughs> hey, uh, no, I appreciate you having me on Scott. I want to tell you too, your Christmas tree, it's, it's angled a little bit at the top like that. You need to straighten out that thing at the top. Okay. And don't have me on there until that's fixed again. I didn't notice it until you just said that. Now it's going to bug the crap out of me. Oh, man, I just I'm totally distracted for the last 25 minutes looking at that thing. You're like, maybe if I look at it long enough, he'll, he'll correct Straight. itself. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, you have a great day. Uh, bike safe, please. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to get a phone call. I don't need to get a phone call. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're road raging out there on your bicycle. Okay. <laughs> no do you use, call. do you use hand signals when you ride or do you have like lights on your bike? I, I, I point when I'm, when I'm turning, I point left to right. I don't do the, 
you know, this or whatever. I don't know what, what those things mean. I just point like I'm going this way. Or I'm go, going do you that yell? Way. Like, uh, no. I'm going this way. Get out of the way. <laughs> no, but I make sure everybody see as many people as I can see me pointing that direction. So, so yeah, real quick, I know I, I, I keep trying to wrap it up, but I, my brain, it's, it's it is what it is. But that's what, that's what somebody told me yesterday, a cyclist, the one guy that was actually taking a step back to listen. And he's like, usually what I do when I get next to a car and I make sure I make eye contact with them and wave at them to make sure that they see that I'm there. And I'm like, that's a good idea. I've seen that plenty of times as a driver, like, oh, that, that makes sense. And if you do that, I have no ill feelings towards you. It's like, okay, right. yeah, I'm aware of that person now. I am. And there is no, I, you as the cyclist are eliminating a lot of danger mm -hmm. by, by doing that, that taking that step. Because again, we go back to circle back to uh, drivers are distracted and mm -hmm. a lot of drivers are morons and just about anybody can get a driver's license nowadays. People get, still get confused about roundabouts. So have you ever seen people go in a roundabout and they just stop? Okay. That kind of gives you an idea just how dumb a lot of motorists are. So Jerry, thank you so much. I truly appreciate you. You have a great day. Make sure what, how do people follow you on Twitter? Uh, it's at J Schimmel six at J Schimmel six. Good follow. Very boring. Uh, doesn't, doesn't call out people. It doesn't call people dickheads like I do. <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, thank you so much for popping on. Thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, it's to huff uncensored. Let's, let's stay positive. Let's stay safe and let's keep moving forward. Talk to you guys next time.